Hello and welcome to the Train Brave podcast, the podcast put in place to give athletes a voice and to explore topics often not talked about. This series, we're incredibly excited to be supported by Simprove. Simprove believes that living your best, feeling your best and looking your best starts from within and we could not agree more. Their unique water-based food supplement containing live and active bacteria was created to support a healthy gut balance. They believe that this can help you gain the most from your life. This is what we're all about here at Train Brave. Want to find out more about Simprove? Head to the website link in our show notes. And speaking of getting the max of life, let's go into today's episode, shall we? Hi guys, welcome back to another Train Brave podcast. I'm Rena McGregor. And I'm Chris Hendy. And we also have... <gasps> Rory Brown. Yay! Yay. Welcome <laughs> back, guys. Good to be here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, today's conversation, I think this is going to be one that a lot of people hopefully will be shouting at the podcast going, yes, when they've listened to it. <laughs> um, what are we talking about, guys? You guys brought up today, actually, healthism. I think both of you have been touched, both you and Rory, Rini, have both been kind of, uh, you kind of came to me earlier on today and said, but kind of, we really need to, it's kind of at the front of our, forefront of our minds, we need to talk about it. And um, literally, we're just off air there. We just kind of, we're just kind of brainstorming about what angle we want to go from here with this. And is it's multifaceted, isn't it? This kind of health is, healthism. And uh, I think, Rini, you kind of summarized it quite nicely. You said, what does it mean to be healthy right now? And I think that's a really nice way to maybe kick it off. So, like, Rory, do you want to dive in there, my friend, and give us your thoughts? Yeah. So, so I, I suppose the first thing that we can look at, guys, is almost like the definition of health, isn't it? But because it would be easy to fall down the, uh, or it'd be easy to come to the assumption that like health is an image. Okay, so we see all of these sort of fit-looking people online, it'd be very easy for us to think, well, that's what health is. However, if we actually look at the definition of health, it is a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being, not merely the absence of disease and infirmity. And this is what we were talking about in our pre-call, isn't it? Is, is, and I think it would be useful for us to investigate in each other's lives what it means for us to be healthy. Because what I might be doing, which in my eyes is me prioritizing my health, might not be the same formula that Chris uses or the same formula that, that Rini uses. So I suppose on that note, guys, I'm, I'm throwing this back at you with a question. You know, Chris, if I were to ask you, what does it mean to you to be healthy or, or how does that look or how does that take form in your life? What would you say? Yeah, no, um, I would probably start with <laughs> a good work life or family life balance. So I think mm. for me, that's been a big one, obviously running a own business and kind of having so many people that I work with, it's kind of managing my mind and being able to partition things off well. Um, I think looking at my week and kind of knowing that I've got quality family time with George um, and, and Polly and getting some good outdoor time. So I think they're the qualities I, I, I look for. They're probably different from what it used to be. It used to be also be, always, always be about training and performance mindset and what am I lifting this week and what my what, what distance am I running and et cetera. But it's amazing how that transforms, isn't it? But I think other qualities I'm looking for is sleep. Sleep's a monster for me. Like I know yeah. that I, I operate ter- terribly without good uh, sleep and then food. Like for me, it's quality food. Um, so I think, and then maintaining some good relationships with friends and family. So like, I think that's trying to be, that's, they're the kind of the, probably the the big ones for me um, mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and, and, and chicken Kiev's for Christmas dinner. Chris. Yes, this one came up. And I, didn't I, I so wanted to, I so wanted an opportunity to bring this in, in today's conversation. So, so listeners, right. Chris for his Christmas dinner, for his Christmas dinner, had a, had a garlic and chicken Kiev. 
Now, Who does that? Now, I bet you were the I bet you were the <laughs> only person in the world to eat a chicken Kiev for Christmas dinner. I don't think anyone will have ever have done that in the, in the history of time. I don't think I'm putting that out there. I may be wrong. Well, thank you for highlighting that, Rory, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. I'm so sorry. Well, the thing is, I'm so right, sorry. The well, let's let's just go back a little bit. Obviously, the reason we did that was because we cancelled everything for Christmas. Just the three of us. Rini came round, so we had a lovely nut roast ready, uh, ready to go on Christmas dinner. And it's like, well, I kind of, I didn't want to get a whole turkey because Polly wasn't interested, and I definitely wasn't didn't want a whole turkey. So, what's next? What's next on that list? Well, it's obviously a chicken Kiev. So, uh, absolutely uh, love the thinking there that's got it, into that. It was, uh, yeah, it was just keeping it simple, and uh, and I was very, very happy, right? And that's what. Christmas what I love, what I love, Chris, is that a traditional chicken Kiev dish. The way I see it, is like I'd have a chicken Kiev with maybe uh, some chips and some peas. That would be like that. That makes me think back to my childhood. What I love about you is that you had a chicken Kiev with all the roast dinner trimmings and gravy and bread sauce. I tell and you bread what, sauce I... on a garlic chicken Kiev. You know what I'm going to say? Actually, now I think about it, that's probably pretty good. Exactly. Don't knock it till you try it. It's one of those situations, <laughs> my friend. A bit of nut roast on the side. Bang. Perfect. Um, perfect. On that... Sorry, we've gone, on, we've gone off on a tangent. Yeah. Right? Rini, yeah. I'm going to hand over to you. So yeah, Chris, love that. L- love your definition of health and, and how that works for you. Rini, what would you say? I think, um, oh God, health. I think people always associate me with food and that mm. must be she must be healthy. I know that when I say to people, oh, I'm a sports dietitian or I'm a dietitian, they're like, oh, don't look at what I eat. And I find that really infuriating because yeah. I really don't give a shit what people eat. <laughs> um, unless you're my client, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And I I have a really, as you guys all know, I have a really comfortable yeah. and balanced relationship with food. Like I don't sit here planning it out and I don't kind of worry about it. I have no idea what we're having for dinner tonight, for example. It will just be what I feel like and what I've got in the fridge and I'll throw something together and, and that kind of works for me. So for me, I think health for me really is about alleviating stress from my life because there's a lot going on, right? Like most of you know, I've got the team, I've got two girls, I've got the dog, I've got my training, I've got loads of additional um, projects that I manage and life's really busy so for me it's it one of the things I've really focused on coming into 2021 has been how do I manage stress because I think if I have less stress in my life then I'm a much healthier person because we know that stress obviously then leads to poor behaviors poor sleep um you know, uh, leads to kind of even physical symptoms that are just not great. And I definitely think in the run up to Christmas, I noticed that some of my like sarcoidosis symptoms were coming back. And I know that's always associated with stress and not managing it very well. And so for me, it's always about that. How do I make sure that I have downtime? How do I make sure they're still fun? And that's been really tricky over the last couple of weeks with lockdown. Um, That said, I mean, my girls, they are hilarious. And if if you had been watching through my kitchen window on Saturday, you would have laughed because we had like AirPods in our ears and Maya had had the playlist and we were dancing around the kitchen 
The dog was barking. He was bringing blankets downstairs. I mean, it was like it was, it was going uh, off. It was it was it was really going. It, absolutely, you wanted to be in the kitchen on Saturday night. Um, so yeah, fun. I think for me, fun is so important, especially right now. Those little moments of pockets of fun, whether that's chasing Bailey because he's being a Wally or dancing with my girls or having a laugh with a friend on the phone about something stupid that I've done. Usually it's me. Um, you know, th those are the sorts of things that I think really add to my health at the moment. Mm. What about you, Rory? Um, so, so I'm just going to pick up on, on something there that you mentioned, Ree, which is wicked. It's this, uh, you know, a, a lot of the nature of these podcasts that, that, uh, that I do on my show and that you guys do with yours, a lot of the premise that we keep coming back to is this idea of awareness, isn't it? And, and when you are aware of what health means to you and how that looks in your life, you're then aware of maybe when some of the red flags start popping up. So for example, Re, what you were saying about the sarcoidosis, it'd be very easy to be like, oh, well, maybe, you know, if I just kind of start doing some more cardiovascular work, maybe I need to do some more running, improve my lung function, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, oh, whoa, hang on, actually. I know what's going on here. This has been triggered by stress. That's actually the root cause. So that, that's where I'm going to be investing in my health because actually at this moment in time, maybe what my body needs is rest, not doing loads more running, for example. And that's what's actually going to improve my symptoms. So I, I think that's something really powerful there. Um, how health looks like for me. So again, if we we're going we're gonna to break it down into those individual concepts, we've got the physical, we've got the mental, we've got that social side to the well-being. I, I ensure that, not that there's a, a split balance between those three, but I make sure I'm, I'm investing my time into each of those categories. So physical, I love movement. I'm very aware, though, that as uh, alleviating as it can be sometimes from a stress point of view to have a decent workout, there are also times where having a workout it is going to um, make that worse right? Really drive up that, that, you know, stoke up that parasympathetic nervous system. And actually what I might need to do is go and have a bath and read a book. Now that that's something, that's one thing that I have loved doing. I've been doing it religiously. Most nights I'll have a bath anywhere from like 40 minutes to an hour and I will just read and read and read. So that's, that's as, something that I- As long as Benny and Ali leave enough hot water though, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a savage weekend listeners. I went out for a bike ride we did about 30 odd miles and we, we caned it to be fair. We did it about an hour, 30, hour 40. So it was a good pace, but it was so bloody cold. It was like minus three. And I, as soon as I set off on my bike, I couldn't feel my feet. And three hours later, I still couldn't feel my feet. And um, we had to, we stopped off at Greg's and I took off my cycling, took off my, my cycling shoes and, and sat down on the floor and sort of wrapped my feet around the coffee cup, trying desperately to warm them up. And then when I got back, the boys had showers, which meant there was no hot water left. So as I, I ran a whole bath and I was like, I can't get wait. I can't wait to get this bath. And it was cold. The bath was cold. So I just wait like another hour for it to warm up again. Anyway, first world problems. Um, so, so yeah, movement, some form of movement, be it walking or, or some kind of exercise. Love. No, it makes me feel good. Nutritionally, um, I'll man again Riam, the same as you i'm chilled with my food uh too chilled sometimes because it, it can become annoying so i'm sort of like oh crap i don't have anything in for breakfast i don't have anything in for lunch and i actually i got myself into a routine where i because i live in in a town center 
I was literally walking out for every meal. I was sort of walking to Sainsbury's for my breakfast. I wouldn't be there and then think, oh, I might as well plan my lunch and my dinner while I'm here. I would just go and get my breakfast. Then I'd go back for lunch. Then I'd go back for dinner. I was wasting so much time, which obviously then meant I was a little bit more stressed because I had a million and one other things to do, let alone just food shopping for myself every day. So again, I was aware of that. And I started just to do a little bit of planning and, and prepping for it. Uh, sleep, Chris, man, sleep is a huge one for me. I am anal when it comes to sleep. There's sort of, there's no ifs and buts about it. After that 10 o'clock marker, between 10 and 10.30, I'm in bed, lights are going off, and I'm a guy who needs his nine hours consistently. So that's that's something that I really work on. And then the social well-being, you know, we were talking about this again in the in the pre-call, weren't we? I really, I think you gave the statistic and it was something like 70% of people have reported being lonely. Uh, and my heart goes out to each and every one of those people and, and to those individuals who are listening to this who are experiencing loneliness because it's it's a horrible feeling and it's hard. It's not something that I have experienced often because I've always lived with people. You know, I have four people living in my house, so it's always a hustle and bustle. If anything, you get to the point like, oh, for goodness sake, I just want to be by myself for a period of time. Um, but but yeah, I can only imagine how challenging that is because that's something that I really thrive off is having the, the social side of things too. So yeah, that's, that's how I, I would define it, how health works for me. I think it's really important just to just to home in on that a little bit because the loneliness is is obviously amplified by our present situation in, in sure. being in a national lockdown. And, and I think, you know, loneliness doesn't necessarily just have to be because you live on your own. Like you can be obviously potentially in difficult scenarios at home um, mm -hmm. that still mean you're lonely. And it's even harder to escape because of the situation we're in. And I think one thing I would really like to sort of bring attention to is, and I, I, I can hand on heart say that, the first lockdown, I experienced extreme loneliness. Like mm -hmm. it was, I mean, I think a lot of you listeners could hear it when we were recording the podcast. I really struggled and I'm, I'm quite nervous about this lockdown. I'm putting it out there because I know it is something that I, I am, it does happen. You know, yes, I appreciate, I, you know, I've got one daughter that lives with me all the time and another one that pops back and forth but they're teenagers and you can still be incredibly lonely under the same roof. And, and I think it's, you know, it's important to highlight, but one thing I'm very aware of is that when I'm lonely, that is also when my negative thoughts are more dominant. And I would say that's probably the same for everybody else who potentially is experiencing loneliness. And I, I appreciate we're, we're here to talk about healthism, but I think it's such an important aspect of health that is ignored. You know, we're, we're in the middle of a, uh, a global pandemic where obviously we're, we're fighting to save lives by, by doing all the things that we've been asked to be done, which I think, you know, obviously is really important. But that's like the physical threat. And I think I do feel like there's there's a little bit less concern, perhaps, for the the mental and the emotional and the social effect that this is having and you know one thing that again I know I was talking to my friend um, Dr Chris George who's a GP and one of the things he was saying and he was on Sky News before Christmas saying how you know the the, the, the percentage of people with burnout is massively high at the moment because everybody's working from home and we're not learning how to be boundaried with our time and you know we're not giving ourselves the time to, to sit in the bath and read our book or 
um, dance around the kitchen or, or, or just stop and have a conversation with people in our, in our household. Um, and I guess, I think this is it. Like we so often focus on health, as you said, Rory, as an image, as a, almost as a, um, a number of behaviors around food and exercise. Like that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's, yeah. that is literally it. People think as long as I drink my green juice and I do my yoga or I do my Zumba or I do my hit class or whatever it might be, um, I can tick that I'm healthy without looking at actually have I talked to anybody today? Am I actually happy? Am I giving my body enough fuel for what it, I'm asking it to do? Like everybody, mm. nobody's nobody's looking at health as a overall. And I think that's, for me, that's what I really want people to focus on is that health is not a number. It's not a destination. Health is an attitude. And I think it's really, really important to understand that that, that is so key. And I don't think social media helps. Rory, you're the expert on social media. What do you reckon? It's it I'm certainly not an expert on, on social media. <laughs> I just I hate it so much. And obviously I, 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 I have to use it as a as a platform for work, which I love, and it's great being able to interact with a whole host of people. It's it's just the stuff that I keep seeing that that infuriates me. You know, it's it's a free platform for uh for a lot of conversation to be had. There's a lot of bad practice that's going on there. There's a lot of um, big personalities with big views on things which aren't evidence-based or backed. That's a problem. Chris, you know, classic one the other day. It's great that people are, are sort of jumping on this like, right, gyms are closed. You know, we know that exercise is great for mental health, et cetera. So we'll start doing some home workout videos. And it's like, okay, yeah, that, that's lovely. Let's look at who your audience is. And you've got these guys and all of their home workouts is just it's just them. It's about them and their bodies. They're wearing like a tiny pair of shorts with a shredded physique and they're doing an at home triceps workout with like 20 sets for triceps. Well, well, who's your audience? Who's who is actually going to be benefiting from that? Very little. To, I mean, if Chris, think about it. Our training experience, the amount of, 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 of years under our belt of training experience. If you and I did a 20 set tricep workout. I wouldn't be able to move. I wouldn't be able to lift my arms over my head for a week. I think that's, that's a really important yeah. thing. It's like, who is that audience? Because it, are they really talking to your audience, right? Because at the moment, like, if you're really uh, passionate about health and someone's, you know, understanding someone's health, it's going to be, you're not going to want to be smashing anyone because they're probably going from, if you understand your audience, they're going to be going from one person to the next to the next, probably doing multiple sessions a day just because they're bored. And I think this is a really important point, actually, because obviously we've got a great little community of uh, we, who we work with. I think a number of the of our guys work amongst all three of us and and work with the RM team. And right now, training is it provides structure to the week and it's really important. Like it gives them two, three days in their week where they can, you know, get up. I was just talking to one of the girls this morning. You know, she loves the fact that she's got three kind of sessions a week where she can just kind of get, get the work done and it kind of gives her order. But then like the other qualities that I am doubling down on the moment is like engagement, like social interact, like interact, social interaction. I talk, I talk about social interaction, but it's like, you know, on our, on our groups, like it's, Hey, how are you getting on? Like what's going on today? Like it's just making conversation because boredom is like boredom and loneliness as Brini was saying earlier on is it's a, it's a, it's a worrying thing because we all kind of just, a lot of us, we just want to fill it. Right. And what, what do we fill it with? Well, we generally fill it with activity a lot of the time or just going out for long walks and things. And it's, 
for a lot of our guys, we, we want them to manage their energy output. And obviously right now, we're getting our biggest thing during this whole last 12 months has been managing those energy levels and getting, you know, getting people to restore and recover. And I think for me, my biggest pressure is, right, how can I get my guys engaging and understanding and maybe even talking about other things other than training? Like what, what, you know, what else are you getting up to? What other things are you engaging in? Like, you know, just, we have a, we have quite a strong thread and I think really seen this um, about, you know, like cooking and food and like music and like, you know, everyone's always talking about different things, which is, can be overwhelming as in, in his own, his own way, but it's, it, at least it's something that is not so performance driven. Um, you know, it's something that kind of mm-hmm. brings in other conversation, which I, I can't speak highly enough of at the moment because I think for a lot of people, performances and training is just one one aspect and we have to be kind of exploring mm. like we are today, like what are the other areas? And it's quite, I think we've already, all three of us have spoken about this. There's significantly, there's key um, areas of health that we kind of keep turning to here and it's like sleep and it's nutrition, but it's like our relationships with family and friends. What else do you think, guys? I think it's really interesting, like, I was just talking to you guys before we we jumped on recording and you know something that again I know I'm going on about the fact that we're in a lockdown but it's because so much has come to my attention and you know this time around again the schools are not back in and I've seen a massive shift in you know in 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 Ella's mood in Ella's health again and the same thing happened in the in the, in the first lockdown I think Oh God, if you think how we're if you think how we're struggling, can you imagine what it must be like to be a teenager and you can't I think although teenagers are probably like probably a lot of them are quite pleased exams have been cancelled. However, that social interaction of being at school, the everything you're learning about being at school, the interactions, how to cope with that just the fact that you move you walk to school and you walk back from school you have conversations that are outside of your family environment this is all as far as I'm concerned this is a healthy way of living Mm -hmm. and I've definitely seen you know we've only been off for one week and I've definitely seen some some backward steps and and it's and it's worrying you know and it is worrying so it, it it scares me even more that there are there's more access and more time for social media and again yeah. those images those processes those behaviors that are being banded around as being healthy how you should be healthy in lockdown you know do you the whole 10,000 steps a day thing pisses me off right it's like because actually there's no robust science to back that up like yes go out and move as you said Rory not sure what baby's doing in the background but he's having a moment um the there's there's absolutely go out and move but even just go out like there's actually more evidence in being outside in the fresh air than there is about moving in terms of your mental health and Mm -hmm. you know if you don't hit ten thousand steps a day then it doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world. It, nothing awful is going to happen because actually there's, there is no robust evidence to suggest that hitting 10,000 steps a day is somehow going to miraculously make you healthier. But again, no. we've been fed that line. Do you see what, and I just, that mm. frustrates me. <laughs> and it's ironic, isn't it? That that intention of like, right, I'll go out and do my 10,000 steps a day. 
the amount of people I've worked with who have the the tracking apps and uh, you know that tell them how many things that they've done, it becomes stressful. There's like an addiction to it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't achieve those ten thousand steps, well, then they're having you know then they're having like a, a small breakdown that they haven't done it. Well, th- that's not healthy. That the byproduct of those behaviors is not healthy. And and guys, something that I want to talk about, which which I've picked up on from both of you guys and what you've been saying. We're coming back to the idea of structure and routine, because I think those two things are hugely, hugely essential and profound when it comes to managing our own mental well-being. And this is the very thing that's being uh, compromised at the moment because of COVID. So something that I do with all of my clients is I look at, at what their routine is and we look at, I suppose, upscaling it. So if you guys were to look through my diary, you will see... My, my day is not robotic. I'm obviously flexible in my approach to it, but I really block out everything that I do and when I do it, even from things like when I'm waking up and having, I always have regular sleep and wait times. So that's the first thing I would recommend to anyone. Because again, it can be very easy in lockdown to think, ah, it doesn't matter. I don't need to get up till 11 a.m., whatever. It's like, honestly, have regular sleep and regular wait times. Mentally, you will benefit from that, okay? Being in that, that sleep cycle is very, very powerful. From there, can you then start to add in things to your day which give you structure and give you purpose? Remember, structure is freedom. There's a quote that came from Ido Portel, Ido Portel, amazing movement master. And I love that quote, structure is freedom. For the last, again, since the start of the new year, I really, really upscaled my, my productivity management and it's incredible how much more enjoyable my days have been because it's, you know, I'll look at my diary and be like, oh, my coffee breaks in 30 minutes and I've penciled in like I'm going to have a coffee and watch an episode of Family Guy. Yeah. So I just pencil in little things like that throughout the day. Then I'll have like a two hour chunk where I'm working. Then I'm going to read my book for an hour. These are all things, although it's like reading a book, it's not a thing to do. It's like, yeah, but you know what? If I said to myself at the start of the day, oh, yeah, at some point I'll read my book. I bet you I won't because I've got so many other things that I can do and so much work that's always there and so many emails that I can answer and so much browsing that I can do on social media. I've got all of these other external distractions that ironically take me away from the very things that I like to do that make me feel good. If we can really focus on what those things are, and and perhaps, you know, we can talk about that for the three of us, about things that make us feel good and how we put them into our routines. So, you know, Rini, let's start with you. An exercise that I, I did on social media was I was saying to people, what are the things that make you happy? Okay, so if you were to look at the things that make you happy, and almost if you wrote them down, or if you listed them out, I would then say to you, well, really, how many of those things have you been doing recently? And it's amazing how many people say, yeah, I haven't really. Now, that might mean 20 minutes in the morning to have a coffee and listen to some great tunes. It might, it could be whatever. Really, I'll throw it over to you. What things make you happy? What things make you feel good? So I've done a lot of this, actually. Um, Mm. So... Things that make me happy is my first coffee in the morning. Now, I used to coffee work, as you all mm. know. I used to, used to get emails at seven o'clock. You don't anymore. You might have noticed. Um, and now what I do is is actually I either listen to a podcast or I listen to a book because I don't want to listen to the news. So I'm, I'm definitely like listening to something else. And it's just like 20, 30 minutes just to order my day. Um, obviously, getting out with B is really good um we'll either walk or we'll run depending on what mood i'm in and what i feel like doing and how the body's feeling been doing a lot more yoga that's made me really happy um definitely listen to music 
And actually it's been really nice because I think friends have sort of picked up on that and lots of friends keep sending me new tunes or pe- playlists. And, and that's really cool because then they're like, so one of my friends sent me one yesterday saying, listen to this on your next run. And so this morning I went out for a little jog with the dog and I had it on and it was just really nice because it kind of connects you at the same time with mm. that person because they've yeah. thought about you. So that's been, that's been really nice. Um, and what else makes me happy? Obviously dancing around the kitchen. Um, at some point I will prove that I do do this but yep dancing around the kitchen and speaking to my friends I really struggled with that in the first lockdown because I was so tired at the end of the day having worked all day talking to people I found the thought of having to then talk again was really really hard but what I've realized is that by not talking to my friends by not interacting with them actually put me back into that place of loneliness and isolation because the only people I was then talking to was were clients which is you know is not the same so I have I have started to actually in my diary not every night but you know sort of two three nights a week have put in who I'm going to speak to and booked it in as like a booked call because I know that that's really important for me to be able to do and also, you know, similarly, at, you know, at the moment, we're still allowed to you know, run with one other person. So once a week, I'm trying to run with one other person, if not twice a week, just again, to get that social interaction, because I know, if I'm honest, that's probably the most important thing for my health mm-hmm. is maintaining some sort of social connection with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also makes me happy. So, I mean, oh, lighting candles, that's another one that makes me happy. I really like lighting candles. I also like lighting my fire, but I I have a lot of I have a lot of battles with my fire. So sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So. You need fire. You need fire lighters, really. They're a, they're a lifesaver. I, I got those. I got fire lighters. Really? I got kindling. I got it all. But there's something missing. Don't know really? what. Maybe matches. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll FaceTime you next time you do it because I'm quite a pro having. A lot of time lighting fires. I can, I can. This this guy can light a fire. Okay, I'll help you. All right. Cool. What about you, dude? What what's your what's your happiness list? If you had these these list of of behaviors that you implement on a day by day basis or a week by week basis, or even you might be labeling them and thinking, oh shit, I've not done any of these for quite a while. What would you say? No, I'm just writing down actually. Whilst you guys were, just, oh, cool. as soon as you brought it up, I was just I just I was just jotting, I was jotting things down anyway. But um, coffee in morning time. I get up about five a.m. before George and Polly get up and. Sometimes five a.m. Yeah, yeah no, it's a I, I don't. I don't think I've ever been up at five. The only time oh, I will ever have been up at five a.m. is if I had to catch a flight for somewhere, and even then, it's a begrudging like, oh, I shouldn't have booked these flight times. That's magic. I hate getting up early. That's magic time, man. I love that time. I mean, I honestly, five a.m. every morning, pretty much. I love it, and um, it's even more precious now in the nicest possible way because obviously George gets up early. So if George gets up at six, that means I get an hour completely, and Polly gets to lie in, etc. So, yeah, coffee in morning time, um, and that. That's just just like catching up, having to read, rather either reading a book or just catching up on stuff on on online. Um, I think walking with Polly and George has been amazing this last twelve months. Um, I've, I've, that really kind of allows me to kind of just clarity of mind and just like we have the discussion always changes when we're at home. It's a lot about work and 
coaching and you know making sure everyone's okay and then when we go out on our walks it becomes more kind of future future planning and thinking beyond the, the, the now which is i think i've i really enjoyed that actually the last couple of months and, and i think is even though the the future is uncertain as in we don't exactly know what it fully looks like mm-hmm. i don't think there's any danger in, in like thinking ahead and thinking okay what else you know what else could Not we told. It was a great thing to do. you know if you can't travel internationally or you, you know then why not travel nationally you know like well, where else could we go I mean, we went to scotland last year and we're just talking about where else could we go and we're thinking you know far side of wales or wherever you know it's just it's just like putting things in place that potentially you could just excite you and talk about and then i think uh catching up with friends i've actually done more of that Funny enough, how pathetic sad this is. I've done more catching up with my closest friends in lockdown than I have done like in the last probably five years because you just get very caught up in life. And like a lot of my friends are scattered around the country and globally, I guess. And Zoom has brought us all together and we kind of do like a regular, like just catch up and literally just talk about anything and everything. But um, it's kind of actually, I, that actually makes me happy. And I just, as we're top of my list, just catching up my, my friends that I haven't spoken to in a long time. So yeah, I think, I think a lot of that, a lot of people could relate to, I think, cause it's, I think, although it's like the social element, I think it's zoom has kind of made us think about, well, given us more time to think about that. Do you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I love all those things. And, and Rini, you picked up on it. Social isolation from a, a mental health point of view, from a psychological point of view, is so um, not dangerous. Dangerous is the wrong word. It's so detrimental, mm. right? We're not designed to be socially isolated. As, as human beings, as human creatures, we thrive off social interaction. And there's a really incredible study that was done back in, I think, the 70s or the 80s, where they had two baby monkeys. And they put one monkey with a, a, a mechanical-shaped monkey, so it was made out of metal, and it spat out food. And they put another baby monkey with a, um, it was like a cloth monkey. It was a a monkey, like a toy, yeah, made from really soft cloth and just sort of studied the behaviors of the two of them. And whilst the the one who had the the cloth, the soft shaped monkey didn't have the food, it had like the love, the warmth, the nurture from something like close and and sort of almost real like to its, its previous mother. The one who just had food its behaviors really started to to change in a negative way so i think that's very interesting you know and 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 whilst i appreciate there are things that we can't do the danger or the trouble that a lot of people find themselves in is that they they it's called problem focus they focus on the fact that they can't do those things and that they feel crap because they can't do those things i'm all for outcome thinking so it's like right I know I can't go to the pub and, and go and have loads of beers with my friends. However, I do know, Chris, like you, that I can jump on Zoom with some lads that I haven't spoken to properly for years and we can have a little catch up and a drink together. And, and that's, don't get me wrong, it's, it's not the same as being able to have a hug, but man, we still have an absolute laugh. I tell you what, you have a, um, an icebreaker, right, topic. I mean, there's like, a, as, a, as we found, there's, a, there's one topic that you can all agree on and there's one yeah, topic definitely. you can all talk about and you've all got a different kind of perception or you know, perspective on it and good old COVID. So it's like, um, yeah amazing how it actually does make things super easy i think for everyone here listening is that's a great thing just reach out to people because you'd be surprised at how many people who are in the similar you know just want to talk and just want to you know chat and stuff and it's massively they're massively empowering isn't it mm. and, and i think then we can you know if we were to start drawing today's podcast to a, a close it's maybe looking at asking ourselves this question what what do we need 
well, we all need friends. We need relationships with other people. Um, we thrive off of opportunities. Um, we, we thrive off of schedules and routines. These are fundamental things that we need. So I think if, if we can put on our little awareness hats and think right now, what is, what aren't I getting? What is that fix that I'm not getting? Maybe it's something to do with work. Maybe it's something to do with friends. Maybe it's something to do with your personal life or your social time or your leisure time. And start to fill in some of those gaps. Because I was very aware, Rini, classic example, lockdown 1.0, it was just all work, no play. And don't get me wrong, it was great because the weather was lovely, so I was doing a hell of a lot of sunbathing. But outside of that, it was very much all work and and no real rest. So I had to have that real sit down with myself and say, look, I'm not feeling well rested. Yes, I'm getting my nine hours in, but I'm not feeling well rested. Well, why isn't that? Oh, because normally I would implement that hours break there and I'd go to the gym with my friends and I can't or normally I'd go and read my book for x amount of time but I haven't been doing some answering emails instead start to take responsibility for this stuff guys and and my advice to each and every one of you because remember health isn't a one-size-fit-all approach it would be to look at creating your own routine the routine for you that works for you that gives you structure and purpose to your day and even if that purpose maybe you've lost your job maybe you're not working at the moment even if that purpose is like i'm going to read a chapter of a book that i've not read for ages or i'm going to treat myself and watch a bit of a box set or whatever it is schedule those things in make it part of your routine and i guarantee you good things will come from it yeah i think i just i mean i what well, i one thing i would say is um, i'm all for structure um and routine but i think it's very different from rigidity and that's Absolutely. really you've got to have some flexibility that, in there. yeah we just i kind of want to really really home in on that because i know that a lot of the people that listen to the the podcast will be thinking yeah but i can't do the routine that i normally do i can't i can't you know and and that will be creating anxiety and and concern for them so we're not we're not we're not talking here about rigidity we're not talking about things you must do we're talking about things that can help you to have a much healthier attitude towards life life's not easy for anyone right now and and I think while we're talking about this at this present moment obviously even beyond the pandemic it's really important to remember that health is not a size health is not a image health is not a green juice health is not a type of way of um, training health is is a an accumulation of so many different parameters within your life and now's a really good time to see if you have actually got the balance right like you know I think Rory, Rory you and I do this um task with people looking at like a pie chart about how much time you spend on different areas of your life Mm. and I think this is something you could do like you know if you're spending way too much time fixating on getting food right or getting your training right and or and work and you're spending really little time socializing even with people in your house like I spoke to one of my clients the other day and she was talking about Christmas, which was obviously very different this year for from previous years. And but she said she spent majority of it upstairs in her bedroom, even though her brother and dad were downstairs. And I was like, that's really sad, right? That you, you that you 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 know you wanted to join in, but yet the obsession, the need to keep everything contained and rigid meant she couldn't. And I think that's what we're trying to say is that. Often the things that you associate with health are probably the things that are holding you back 
from real good health. Mm. You know, when we talked about what makes you happy, it's funny how like we didn't really, neither of us dwelled on training as much because it's kind of obviously we we all do it and we all enjoy it take great pleasure from our training running strength training whatever we're doing but it's amazing like it really is only one aspect isn't it of health and it, you know, for me certainly you know i live in a gym and i love i love my job and i love what i do but it it only brings me a bit of happiness like as in there's so much more to the picture isn't there and same with you really like you didn't talk about running and you know that's what you love to do and rory you love to lift and pretty much do it ride and stuff and everything don't you and it's, mm. it's just funny how like us three didn't really bring that up didn't dwell on that much and i think that's important to uh, like to really kind of uh bring up highlight there because a lot of people obviously are very performance driven and they still are right now they're, they're really trying to drive drill drive home their, their performance goals and with or without an event and a race coming up and it really there's so many other aspects to to life and then just training and, and in terms of your overall health a lot of other markers a lot of other health markers that we're looking to to look to work on and work in so i think that's kind of a key thing to think about mm. yeah it's it's ironic yeah, isn't it in, in the, in the, oh sorry really there was a slight delay then um, i was just going to say it's, it's ironic that in in the pursuit for this sort of health and achieving these goals from a fitness point of view that actually the obsession behind that it's no longer healthy because if missing a training session means you're getting super, super stressed out and then it's affecting your sleep, et cetera, et cetera, you can see you could just follow, follow that pattern to see that that's not a, a healthy use of your time. And, and going back to that exercise that Rini was talking about that, that we do for our clients, it's asking yourself that question. The way Rini puts it is what areas of your life used to bring you happiness that maybe you're, you're not actually investing any time into? You know, and I've done that that exercise with so many people, and it's kind of a light bulb moment where they're like, "Oh wow, yeah, these things that used to make me feel happy, I can't remember the last time I've done them. I can't remember the last time I picked up that musical instrument that I learned to play and loved, or I can't remember the last time I sat down and read a book because I've been so fearful of resting recently because I thought all of my health and happiness lied in in fitness or in how I looked. And hopefully, guys, the 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 stuff that we've been talking about today is painted a much bigger, broader picture and concept of what health really is yeah and i think i think it's difficult i think one thing just to kind of finish on is that it is really difficult at the moment because obviously there's a lot of talk about staying healthy Mm. particularly against you know some of the things they found about covid and and how it can impact different people but again it's something we always say time and time and time again just because there's a message out there, just because there's a guideline out there, it doesn't mean it's relevant to you. So I know like, you know, we spoke about this last week on the podcast and a few people have been in touch saying, thank you so much for highlighting that, you know, just because everybody else is jumping on the, um, you know, starting running or not eating sugar or whatever bandwagon it is because it's the new year that doesn't mean that I need to do that because it's not relevant to me right now and I guess that's the other bit of a, about health that is worth focusing on is what does health mean to you as an individual based on your individual situation as it is right now what do you know about yourself that you need to work on Right, guys. Well, that was quite a good conversation. Uh, Lots of things for you to think about. So we will be back next week. Um, 
have a little think about what we want to talk about but we'll be back next week and I'm sure there'll be a lot more um interesting conversations I mean maybe we'll just talk about I don't know silly things maybe we need a silly silly podcast uh, the world I think the world keeps throwing some good things at us there's plenty of uh there's plenty of topics to talk about I think so we'll be fine <laughs> exactly <laughs> guys see you next week and uh, have a good week cheers guys bye guys and that's a wrap for another episode Thank you so much to our fabulous sponsor, Simpriv Limited, without whom this series would not be possible. Their beliefs about getting the most out of life align so well with all we do here at Train Brave, and it's with their support we're able to reach more of you to help promote a sustainable lifestyle and enable you to start feeling better from within. Taking care of gut health is important for all, but do seek professional medical opinion if you need advice. If you want to try Simprove, head to the Simprove website and use code TRAINBRAVE15 for 15% off your first order. And don't forget, if you like what you listen to, please do rate this podcast and subscribe too.